Well, it is certainly a delight to be with you in worship and to hear that beautiful madrigal music. That's correct. That's madrigal music, Jim? Oh, I thought you said madrigal in the back. Tell me what kind of music that was. Well, did anybody want to fix it? Oh, Baroque music. Well, friends, it's good to be with you. Um, As Reverend Stone said at the top of our service, we're adding things on during Lent this year since so much has been taken away from our lives during this past year. We didn't want to ask you to take more away, so this week we're asking you to add some time. A digital Sabbath. Take your phone, put it in a drawer, put it in another room, turn it off for several hours, unplug, and just find space, time to pray, to read, to garden, to walk. Get away from all the noise and just be. Certainly a good joy to do that from time to time. I know that when I put my phone away, I feel a bit better. Let us pray together before we think about this text. Gracious Lord, we're thankful for this day of life, and we ask that you bless it. Send your spirit now, for we have great need of it. Send your spirit now, for you and I know that without you I can do nothing. We ask that your spirit come and illumine our hearts and our minds. We ask that you happen here and everywhere that my voice can be heard. It is in the matchless name of your Son, Jesus, we pray, and God's people say together, Amen. When I was a little child, we didn't go to church, not for many years. But I remember when we started. My grandmother had passed away, and my grandfather never went to church himself, so he was worried that when he died, he wouldn't be in heaven with her. Whether or not that's good theology or not is for another time, but... He saw fit that following Sunday to be in church, and he drug us all with him. All I knew about church when I was a boy was that that supposedly was the house of God. That's where God happened. That's where you went and did stuff that was holy. I wouldn't have known how to talk about it as a child, but because that's where God took place, my imagination was filled. I thought everything about the church's architecture must say something revelatory about God. Now, that church was about the opposite in terms of architecture as this church. This church really does have every bit of it picked out for a reason. Every little symbol and sign is telling you a story. It's lifting your heart, your mind, your spirit toward God. This was a simple church, a small church. I sat in the back pew during one of those hour-long sermons that Brother Wallace gave. And I zoned off at the ceiling. The ceiling had that kind of finish on it that looked like popcorn. It's not really high quality. It's meant to hide mistakes. And I don't know what this was. To this day, I have no idea what this was. But it was like glitter was embedded in that material throughout the sanctuary. And I sat there thinking to myself, well, it must be up there for a reason. I wonder if there's a numerological reason. So I begin counting You lose track when you have to count this many small things on a ceiling, so I would start over each week. I thought maybe it said something extraordinary about God. Turns out it was just shoddy construction. But it leads me to the question now, where does God happen? When we think about where God happens, our imaginations have shifted from time to time. Here's one case. Here in John's Gospel, Jesus finds himself traveling to hold Passover with his disciples in the holy city on the holy hill where there is a temple. 
That's where God happened. That's where you went and you atoned for your sins. What he got angry about was common, the buying and selling of animals. This is what you had to do to make sacrifice so that the breach could be healed between you and God. He turns it all over, makes a mess of the place, gets people rather upset. In fact, the same account in Mark's gospel is the reason why he's killed. Why are you doing this, they ask? Well, he says, I could tear down this temple and build it up in three days' time. It's rather confusing that he says that. The people remind Jesus, this place has been under construction for 46 years. How can you do that? But then the text tells us that he was not referring to the temple, but his own body, his own life. It's foreshadowing. Jesus will be killed and buried for three days, and then he'll be raised again. What we see here is nothing short of a shift in spiritual imagination. Where did God happen? For the Old Testament and the New Testament people of God, it happened at a place in Jerusalem on a hill. That's where you met with God. That's where the holiness was. And the holy of holies to boot. But now Jesus is saying, I am where God happens. He's saying, I am the meaning of the temple. He becomes the sacrifice that heals the breach. He is the image of the invisible God we read elsewhere in Scripture. Jesus, the person, is where God happens. And over the course of the history of the church, we've believed that. Still, the shift in spiritual imagination continued on for centuries. Certainly, we can see that in the Celtic world. You know, a lot of good things have happened because of missionary work, but also some bad stuff. Sometimes missionary work is colonialist, and some of the ancient Romans uh, evangelists were kind of colonialist towards the Celtic lands. When they breached the border to Ireland and Scotland and met with the Celts and the Pictish people, they didn't want them just to become Christians, but also more Roman in culture. And so they would erect grand cathedrals and beautiful churches. But those people had generations of worship in the natural world. They worshiped in the gardens and the groves and the forest and on hilltops and in valleys, places that were, were deemed by the imagination as thin spaces. That idea of thin spaces carried on in the Celtic imagination that became Christianity. That thin place idea is the idea that the spiritual world and the physical world, well, the space between them is thinner there. There's something numinous about it. There's something deep and profound. These ancient Celtic and Pictish Christians, I'm told, sometimes would only worship in the church if the bishop came around. Otherwise, they kept their Christian worship outside. The way we think about where God happens shifts through time. The natural order, a building. Well, I think, friends, for the greatest strength that the theological, the greatest imagination, the theological i got to get this out. The greatest strength of the Christian imagination is that there is no real dichotomy. God can happen anywhere in the cosmos. But what Jesus is doing is representing a new way to experience the holiness and goodness and grace of God. It is through relationship to Christ. But what's interesting still 
is that the church that does get to meet in a beautiful building here at Peachtree is given another name in Scripture, the body of Christ. I don't think people really take that seriously enough today. The great tradition of our faith would say that we are the mystical body of Christ in the world. God's organ for grace, God's physical organ for grace in this world. That means that wherever we go and bring justice and grace and beauty and the truth of God, wherever we reconcile brokenness and cultivate faith, wherever we go, whether it's here or there, or whether we're acting like a field hospital or a cultural center, wherever we are, we are to be where God happens and where other people meet God. I was reminded of that this week. My eight-year-old Marcelo bound off the school bus, came running up to me and said, Daddy, I want to show you something. And she handed me this little piece of paper. It's written on both sides. She wrote, Dear Mommy and Daddy, quote, Mommy, Daddy, I want to be a poet. I wrote this poem just to show it, end quote. Philip Hamilton. Because in Alexander Hamilton, the musical, that's what his son says to him in a little childish rap. She goes on. Well, if you didn't get that, I want to be a poet. Vivian, this is her friend, Vivian thinks I'm good. She asked me for one of my other poems, and I hope you like it. Here's the poem. Open your ears, your mind, your heart. About let me start over. This is my child's handwriting. Open your ears, your mind, your heart to think about the ones who can't start, little ones who cannot be raised. We look to people who can be praised, for they will let in the hopeless. They will let in the poor who are sad, still longing for more. And it brings me to tears to read it to you now because this little eight-year-old is a disciple of Christ in my home reminding me of what it's about. And I felt God happening as I read it. There's this wonderful book by Rowan Williams, one of the greatest theologians alive, called Where God Happens. It's a reflection on the desert, desert monasticism, the spirituality of the fathers and, uh, and mothers of the ancient desert church. Ironically, they left a sick society to go be kind of alone to understand what church was about. There, they discovered many wonderful things. Williams writes, St. Anthony of the Desert says that gaining the brother or sister and winning God are linked. It is not getting them signed up to something or getting them on your side. So much of what we do is about that, isn't that true? Isn't that true? It is about opening doors for them to healing and to wholeness. Insofar as you open such doors for another, you gain God in the sense that you become the place where God happens for somebody else. You become a place where God happens. God comes to life for somebody else in a life-giving way, not because you are good or wonderful, but because that's what God has done. So if we can shift our preoccupations anxiety and selfishness out of the way to put someone in touch with the possibility of God's healing. To that extent, we are ourselves in touch with God's healing. So if you gain your brother or sister, you gain God. The church, the body of Christ today, ought to be where God happens. 
And it happens when we open the door for others to come near to God. It happens when we forgive. It happens when we uplift and encourage. It does not happen when we get cantankerous and try to win our way all the time. It happens when we walk mercifully with one another. It happens when we walk the extra mile to help somebody. It happens when we say, I love you, when other words are really in our hearts. This past week, I listened to uh, the Ezra Klein show. I think he's probably a Biden supporter. He's more on the left side of things politically. But he was interviewing Yuval Levin, who is uh, on the right side of things. Both of them are political commentators and thinkers and their friends. Remember that when we could be friends and disagree? God might happen there. Anyway, uh, Klein was asking Levin about institutions in our world, because that's what Levin was talking about, the future of politics and institutions. And at the end, he does a little rapid-fire question bit where he says, what are the strongest institutions in our world that actually mold moral behavior, that make people better? And without a pause, Levin said, the military's the best. Now, I'm not here to criticize the left or the right, though I love to, especially with the gospel. And I'm not here to criticize the military. What bothered me was that he never said the church. He said the military takes young men and makes them courageous. It makes people into people of service, and they lay down their lives for a cause. I don't, dis I don't disagree with those things. But then he listed a few other institutions, and then he never, ever said the church. In fact, you could hear it. I don't think it was even on his mind at all. And that bothered me. Because the church should be where God happens it should be the kind of place where we're actually growing, where we're actually changing, where our hearts are being transfigured and being renewed. Friends, no matter if you're here in this space or if you're around a coffee table at home or if you're going to be watching this later because right now you're playing golf, no matter if you're in the hospital bed, by being a person of grace, by making room for another, you can be a place where God happens. God bless you.